Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to A Minute with Coach Riggs. Former T.R. Miller head football coach Jamie Riggs shares his views on all aspects of football after a 40-year Hall of Fame high school career. Coach Riggs and his guests will discuss the latest on the local high school and college teams, the current issues that are dominating high school, college, and NFL football, as well as reliving some of the classic moments and history of the game with the people that made it happen. This is A Minute with Coach Riggs. I want to welcome you to A Minute with Coach Riggs. This is Season 2 and Episode 3 of of the podcast. We are headed right now. We're still involved in the top 25 T.R. Miller football teams of all time. And we are headed uh, very quickly towards the top 10 football teams of all time at Miller, which is really where we started. But we kind of got sidetracked and decided we wanted to do 25, which was the right thing to do. And we have talked about some great, great football teams who played um, and had great success uh, here in Bruton at T.R. Miller. So tonight we are going to do number 11 of, of all time. And let me just give you some idea of the 15 teams, when we get number 11 done here, the 15 teams that we have talked about, what decades they came from. So there is uh, one team from the 1940s, from 25 through 11. There's one team from the 1950s, one team from the 1960s. There are three teams from the 1970s, all Frank Cotton's teams. There were three teams uh, from the 1980s, all Mike Sasser's teams. Um, There's one team from the 1990s. There's four teams from the 2000s. And no teams from the 2010s and one team from the 2020s. That's the 15 teams that run uh, number 25 through number 11. I want to thank the committee uh, for their help in getting this done. It was quite a while ago now that they did this. But we want to thank them. I also want to thank those who uh, have disagreed with the committee. Uh, What I've really appreciated is uh, people sticking up for their teams and some of the teams that they saw and so forth. But the other thing I appreciated is that they didn't ever really criticize any of uh, of our other teams or picks. They just said, we think this team ought to be higher. And like David Jennings, for example, David believes that there ought to be 15 teams in the top 10. Um, I, I appreciate uh, everyone's comment on that. <clears throat> when this gets done, we finally get to number one and we uh, talk about the greatest Miller team of all time. We're going to do a best of the rest show, and we're going to take um, literally the best of the rest, and I guarantee you there's like 20 teams on this list who got considered for the top 25 uh, that are not in there. So we're going to do a best of the rest show, and some of those teams will go as far back as the 1930s. So we'll be talking about those. And also, I uh, was still loading um, T.R. Miller Games video on our A Minute with Coach Riggs YouTube channel. So far on there, uh, we've got uh, most of our games that we have from the 1960s and the 1970s. And so if you want to go, and all the way through 1979, so if you want to go over there and check out some of the old games, they will be there. We'll start soon with the 1980s. We're moving on up. And so we're going to we're gonna get those loaded for you as we, celebrate the uh, history of T.R. Miller football. 
And then also on the Facebook page, I'm a little behind, but I'll catch up. Uh, I'll continue to put pictures, video, whatever we have about these top 25 teams so you can go on there and get some idea of who are some of these people that we are talking about and the kind of seasons that they have. And so we are ready now to go with the number 11 football team of all time at T.R. Miller High School, and they are the 2008 T.R. Miller Tigers. This team was coached by Jamie Riggs. They had a record of 13 and one. They won 13 games in a row before losing the state semifinals. And by the way, this was the 14th time out of 19 seasons that the Tigers had made the semifinals. The 2008 Tigers are one of the 10 T.R. Miller football teams to go undefeated in the regular season. After a 5-6 and six losing season in 2007, this team had a remarkable year with the motto, the comeback season. The team lost to Cordova 40-35 to in the semis in Bruton in a classic but very controversial game. The 08 Tigers beat Escambia County 22-21 to the opener and also had a come-from-behind 17-14 to win over a tough Clark County team on the road when Will Riggs hit Therese Lane with a 49-yard touchdown bomb in the fourth quarter. They also played some other close games on the road, including a 14-13 win at Luverne and a 21-20 win over Daleville in the quarterfinals of the playoffs. Uh, these Tigers beat Strawn 49-35 on October 17th. Uh, at that time, uh, we were ranked number one in Class 3A, and Strawn was undefeated and ranked number three. On October 31st, the 2008 edition of the Tigers defeated W.S. Neal 55 to nothing, breaking the record of the 1969 team, which had beaten Neal 51 to nothing. This team also scored 535 points on the season, the second most number of points in a season in T.R. Miller football history behind only the 2003 team. They are one of four Miller teams to score 500 points in a season. This team was led by senior captains Mabry Cook, Matt Lane, and John Matthew. Their scoring average. This team averaged, and this is pretty sporty, 38.2 points per game. They gave up an average of 14.9. So their point differential of 23.3 is really high. We we said from the beginning that if you averaged a point differential of 20 points per game, that was excellent. And the 08 Tigers averaged 23.3 points. Uh, this team was also excellent in special teams. Behind kicker Nick Dorso, we had a very good punt rush group led by Cortez Banks. Uh, Banks and Therese Lane were outstanding kick returners. Uh, Mabry Cook was all was an All-State offensive lineman, was signed with UA, UNA, University of North Alabama, and uh, in later years, his senior year, uh, started for them up there as an H-back. Also, 
Linebackers Cody Swain and defensive John, uh, tackle Jonte Brown were both juniors. They were both honorable mention All-State. On offense, these Tigers could run the Miller Tall sweep and were also very comfortable in the shotgun throwing the ball. Sophomore quarterback Will Riggs had excellent targets in Bradley Chicken McCrary, Therese Lane, and tight end Cody Swain. Matt Lane, Kenneth Fountain, and Cortez Banks led the running game. The assistant coaches on the team in 2008 were Eddie Brundage, uh, Mark Edge, Chris Baxter, Daniel Wilson, Jim Hart, Rob Atkinson, and Gerald McAnally, and Ron Jackson were the JV coaches, and the manager, Andrew Zeke Johnson. On offense in 2008, the quarterback again was Will Riggs. The fullbacks were uh, Kenneth Fountain and um, Cortez Banks. The tailbacks were Matt Lane, Banks, and also sophomore Anthony Herbert, who played a good bit uh, late in the year when Matt Lane was injured. The tight end was Cody Swain. The center was Austin Collins. The guards were Malcolm McMillan, Roy Brown, and also Jimmy Sims played there some. The tackles were Mabry Cook and Nick Etheridge, number 72, Nick Etheridge. And the wide receivers were McCrary, Therese Lane, Corey Rilling, and Garrett Robinson. On defense, the Tigers were led by linebackers Cook and Swain and defensive tackle John Tay Brown. The outside linebackers were John Matthews, Sam Sharp, Brandon Jackson. The defensive tackles were, again, John Tay Brown, Malcolm McMillan, Roy Brown. The nose guards were uh, Nick Moore, Telvin Spears, and Mikey Roy. And Mikey also played some tackle. The linebackers were Cody Swain, Mabry Cook, and sophomore uh, Horatio Matthews played a good bit that year, as did Kenneth Fountain. And in the secondary, the corners were Cortez Banks, Matt Lane, and Anthony Herbert. And um, the safeties were Chicken McCrary, Therese Lane, sophomore Jaron Jackson, and also Kendrick Watson played some there. And again, our kicker was Nick Dorso, did a really nice job for us. That is the 2008 T.R. Miller Tigers, and I have with me as my guest tonight uh, the quarterback of the 2018, Will Riggs. And, Will, uh, it's great to be able to uh, have you and to talk about this football team, which had an outstanding year in 2008. Well, I appreciate you having me, and uh, it is an honor to uh, represent the 2008 T.R. Miller Tiger team. Um, you, you did speak of a controversy uh, for the Cordova game at the beginning of this, and I, I would like maybe there is a little bit of controversy as to why the 2008 team is not in the top ten. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we haven't we haven't revealed the top ten. I do understand that, but I think uh, the 2008 T.R. Miller Tiger team uh, definitely has uh, a very uh, good good uh case to to be considered for the top 10 um and uh, but we'll take our spot at number 11 we'll just see how the rest plays out well you're at and we'll get to this in a minute but um you you're probably just a pile on away from being in the top yeah. 10 uh yeah well, a pile on away you're right well uh let's do this well to start with because but the, the 2008 team to me more than anything else probably the 2008 team started with the ending of the 2007 season when we had 
one of our three losing seasons in basically the last 60 years and uh, and a determination that we were going to right that ship and make 2008 our comeback season. Yeah, and I, I don't think you can, you know, talk about the 2008 season without uh, mentioning the 2007 season. Uh, you know, coming off the first losing season and you said the third one in 60 years, I think this was the first one in almost – uh, 30 years that we had had here at T.R. Miller. Um, you know, we were kind of in uncharted territory there, uh, experiencing a losing season and, and having to, to deal with that in the off season. And uh, as for you and me, uh, you're the head coach. I'm the quarterback. We just came off our first losing season in almost 30 years. And, you know, how do we respond to that? Um, you and I didn't speak about this, but, you know, there was – there had to be, you know, added pressure, especially for you and I going into the 2008 season on, uh, you know, what happens if we can't right the ship, if we can't get back on track because, um, you know, five and six and making the playoffs may be okay in other places, but that doesn't, that doesn't cut it at T.R. Miller. And, um, you know, we were determined to have uh, a comeback season and comeback can be defined in, in many ways. Uh, I don't think, Winning ten games in 2008 would have would have cut it. You know, we had certain measures that we needed to hit to have a comeback season. Um, but ten wins at T.R. Miller doesn't cut it, and uh, we were determined to, to win the whole thing in 2008. And will you, you know um, part of the reason going back to the old seven team? Uh, the old seven team uh, was one of those years that we tried to avoid, where the old six team we'd had a lot of seniors, a lot of seniors played. We didn't have a lot of juniors that year, and some of them weren't even really ready to play. And our sophomore class issue that year um, was also the same way. There wasn't a lot of uh, older, mature guys in that class that were ready to play varsity football. We were a senior-dominated team in 06. We had fought hard down through the years to try to keep that from happening. We always tried to play younger guys and get them in the game and all that kind of stuff. But we – we, from a, just a maturity standpoint, weren't really ready to do that in 06 and still be competitive. We had a good team in 06, but when those guys graduated and we turned around, we didn't have a lot of guys who had played a lot, and it showed in 07, especially early. We got drilled basically the first game by Clark County by about 30 points. And uh, But one thing that I will say for this group, and you, were, you ended up playing quarterback, and you might want to talk about how you ended up playing quarterback that year, but in the, at the end of the day, uh, we actually had a five and three record, and and really, if we won more one more game, we wouldn't have had a losing season. But at the end, we lost to Neal in overtime for the second year in a row. Then we lost to Trinity, I believe, in the last game, and then we lost the playoff game to Handy. So we ended up losing three games in a row, uh, which wasn't common either at the end of the year, but the 07 team really fought their tails off to keep from that from happening. We just weren't quite good enough. But as you said, we were determined in 08 that we were not only going to right the ship, uh, we were going to take it all the way to the end if it's possible to do it. Yeah, and I, I don't know if there's been a team out there to, to fight as hard as we did for those five wins that we had in 07. I mean, we, we scratched and clawed for, for each of those five wins. And, um, yeah, 
coming in 2007, I was a freshman and I actually, you know, kind of got a little bit of uh, varsity experience at the end of my eighth grade year coming in now towards the uh, end of the 2006 season. You, you brought me up after the middle school season ended and uh, let me practice a little bit with the varsity and I got in, I think, down there in a playoff game um, and then in 06 down there for some uh, scrap time, but um but that, that's the kind of stuff that I think goes unnoticed that, that is really significant. And, you know, when you talk about the 2008 season and is just getting that kind of reps, that stuff you, you don't, you can't get that in practice and being able to, you know, you bringing me up, you know, the end of my eighth grade year and then being able to play just about an entire season in 2007. Um, I, I felt like I was ahead of the curve coming into 2008 um, as a sophomore and uh, had significant playing time and was ready to to do my part and to help us uh, to win some games in 2008. But, you know, kind of got thrown into the, the quarterback starting job down there early in the season. You know, you mentioned we kind of got our tails kicked in the first game by Clark County. We, John, did John hurt his, was it his ankle, I believe he, he hurt in the first game? I think so, yes. Yeah, he had an ankle injury down in the first game. It ended up being uh, an issue that put him out and, and for several games, and he wasn't able to, to play quarterback. I don't know if he ended up coming back and playing defense for us any um, towards the end of the year, but uh, kind of one of those positions where you turn around and you look, and it's like, who else do we have? And I'm the only other quarterback on the roster. Well, Will, Will let, me, let me say this. You know, you, know, you always – we tried to have a quarterback per class. But sometimes there's just nobody in a class. We're a small school that really, you know, is is a quarterback. You know, just wasn't right. there. And what happened to us? This was really strange. From Baxley Rains, who was a senior in the 2006 season, to you, who your senior year was 2010. That's four four seasons. In those four in between there, we really didn't have another quarterback. And we ended up taking well, – when John Matthew came and wanted to play football, John had never played football. He didn't play junior varsity football, I think. And we put John in at quarterback because he was a good baseball player. He was a good athlete. And we put him in there in quarterback, and he actually did fine. And between, But between Baxi and you, John was all we had. And he hadn't played – you know, you really ain't played very much quarterback. That's one reason why we went ahead and brought you up in the eighth grade because we knew at the very least you were going to be the backup. Right. And and then when, when John ended up getting injured and injuring his ankle, it was up to you. Who was who was after you? Do you know when John got hurt? Uh, I know we had Therese working in at quarterback. Yeah, uh, yeah that's he, right. He was, he was one of the better athletes on the team. And I think, you know, you kind of see that in, um, in football period, you know, when you, you kind of run short on quarterbacks, it's, was put the best athlete we've got and put him back there quarterback. So I know Therese was working in a quarterback. I believe Corey Reeling was working also at quarterback. Um, we were just, you know, trying to find bodies that could take a snap and hand the ball off, really. And uh, I was nowhere near ready to play quarterback, especially at that level of football. But uh, it's kind of one of those things, you, you know, you just get thrown into the action and you do the best you can. Um, you know, I was probably all of, five foot ten, 130 <laughs> pounds soaking wet. Wasn't very big at the time. Um, got thrown away, got thrown around a lot. And um, we survived, I think, 
probably the best word to describe that season. We survived. And, uh, I, and again, I mentioned we fought as hard as we could fight for those five wins. We also fought hard. You know, there was two records that had been going that we had had going for, I mean, decades, um, that we fought hard to, to keep. One was the, uh, the scoring record. You know, we had scored a touchdown. We had scored points in X amount of games. It was 300-something consecutive games. T.R. Miller had scored uh, points, and that was the most, to this day, I think it's still the most um, yes, to the record. game scored. Yeah. Uh, you know, and – that more game down there in 2007, I think we lost 10 to 2. So we, we got two points by safety. Um, but, but we, we it's not a shutout, though. It's not a shutout. It's not a shutout. We, we, we managed to get, get down there and score and keep that streak alive. And then the other one was the playoff streak. Uh, we had, it was 20 something consecutive seasons where we had uh, made the playoffs. And, you know, down there towards the end, you know, we, we had a losing record, but we made the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, that was that was that's always a goal for every team. You know, that takes the field on Friday nights, and you know, at the end of the day, we made the playoffs. Um, the other thing I think that was kind of foreshadowing the or foreshadowing the 2008 season was um, the Hanley game in the playoffs. Um, what we ended up doing in that game was getting in the shotgun and throwing the ball around because we had some skilled players that could do things with the ball. And me being five foot ten, not being able to see very well over an offensive line at the time, you know, being in a shotgun allowed me to see better. And so getting back there and, and you know, in the Hanley game, I think we threw the ball almost 40 times that game, which is unheard of for a TR Miller team. Uh, it's probably the record, and, Will. Yeah, it probably <laughs> was the record. I, you know, I think we threw the ball 40 times and, I, you know, I probably completed half of those, and you know, Therese probably caught fifteen of the twenty passes that were completed that night. But it proved, you know, it, it showed that we could throw the ball around, and you know, we had all of those guys coming back for two thousand eight, and I think that kind of kind of allowed us to see, okay, we can do some things in the shotgun with this group uh, moving forward, and um, you know, I think you you would see that in the two thousand eight season. Yeah, and, and um, no doubt. And uh, so um, I, th- I think that at the end of the day, when seven, when the 07 season got done and we started the 08 offseason, um, we, we took the motto, a comeback season. And I did a couple of things that I had never done before. Uh, one of them, I had never talked about uh, the Neil game in the offseason. You know, my philosophy on that was that We'll deal with Neil when we get to him. It's not going to be an issue with being ready to play or anything like that. Uh, everybody's uh, checking them out and studying them during the season anyway. There's no sense in me saying anything about it one way or the other. But for the first time in the offseason, I actually talked about the Neil game a little bit because we had lost two years in a row. And uh, I remember that um, uh, I think I took the uh, Bruton Standard article from the uh, 07 game that we lost and, and posted it up in the weight room and left it there all year. For the first time, we did a few things just to just remind everybody that um, we needed to get back. And I thought we had a great offseason. Worked very hard. Everybody's very dedicated to, to what we were doing. Good spring training. 
um, good uh, preseason practice. You know, we were ready to go. And the other thing that occurred um, at the time, I don't know whether you remember this or not, um, about what I was going on, but um, uh, John Matthew um, had been injured most of the old seven season and um, with his ankle and all. Well, he's well in 08. Y'all swap quarterback duties throughout that time. John was going to be a senior. And then in preseason practice, I really thought y'all had been about even. You know, John was a little older, more mature than you were about some things. I thought you threw the ball a little more accurately than he did. And about a week and a half before the first game, we did a we did a scrimmage uh, in the shotgun, which was unusual for us, but we had worked a lot for that. But we, we did a scrimmage, and I thought you did really well in the scrimmage to run the shotgun stuff. And if you remember, John got hurt. He got his hand sliced open. He ended up having stitches in the hand, and he couldn't take a snap. In fact, um, his hand, he couldn't take a snap for well over a month. So that that quarterback competition kind of got taken care of, and the other thing that was that was good about it is John was able to play defense, and uh, he turned out to be a great outside linebacker, and really really helped our our defense out a lot and gave us some depth there. And I would I would say he took almost every snap at outside linebacker that year, so that was a a, a critical deal, but. So we go play the first game, the first games against Atmore, and we got to play down there. So talk a little bit about the first game because it was a tough game that we managed to pull out at the end and had a very strange ending to it, though. It did. And I, I do want to, right before I get into the Atmore game, I do want to say, you know, you mentioned the senior class and how determined they were to make sure that, you know, what happened in 2008 didn't happen again in 2008, or excuse me, 2007, you know, uh, you go back and look in the history of T.R. Miller, a lot, just about all of the great T.R. Miller teams have one thing in common, which is, and you've said in the past, which is a strong junior class. We had a strong junior class that year. Um, we also had a, a strong sophomore class, the one I was in. A couple of us you know, ended up being key contributors uh, late the season, but that senior class, what they meant to, to, to that year, you know, they were leaders on and off the field. They, every, every workout, every practice, you know, they were determined to make sure that we righted that ship in 2008. And, you know, those guys you mentioned, Mabry Cook, John Matthew, Matt Lane, Malcolm McMillan, Sam Sharp, uh, Bradley, Chicken McCrary, Kenneth Fountain, Mikey Roy, Brandon Jackson, Roy Brown, those guys, like, and I've, I, I know I've missed some, but those guys were determined and they, they left in the front. We never had, I don't remember having many issues, discipline issues or anything like that. Um, we were, we were determined as a team and it was because of those guys right there. They, they, um, they set the pace, they set the standard for us. Um, and, uh, we were going to get this thing right. But yes, the Outmore game ended. I don't know if you can call it controversial or it, it was a very just strange. strange. It was just strange, strange, <laughs> a very strange ending. Um, I can tell you, and I know, I know uh, in other podcasts, 
you guys talked about how great some of those Atmore teams in the 80s were um, and how dominant they were. The team that we played in 2008 and, and the, other, the teams in 2009 and 2010 that we played as well, I, I, I really believe those few teams that they had were some of the best that they had had in, in the last 20 years. Yeah, so, I'd, agree, I'd agree with that. They had, when I say players, they had players all over the field. Um, and it showed early in the game. We, um, you know, we had a, we had a, uh, very tough time getting the ball moved on offense pretty much the entire game. Uh, they had, they had playmakers all over the field, uh, flying across, across the field making plays. Um, I do remember down there in the second quarter, I'm going to get you to talk a little bit about this. It's a tight game. Um, mm. and, uh, it's kind of back and forth, very, you know, it's first game of the season. So you could, you could say it's been a pretty sloppy first. First part of the game, um, and we needed a spark on offense, and uh, we couldn't get the ball moving. We couldn't do anything. We needed something to kind of uh, get us going. And we've got the ball, and we're in our own territory down there, probably inside our thirty. And you call a fake punt, which to this day, I've never seen a better fake punt play than this one. Um, you want to you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, I will. I, I learned this play from uh, Coach Eddie Brundage. And and he taught it to us, and so we we used it. And uh, when we when we punted, and by the way, let me just say this: that sometimes in football, especially if you're struggling on offense, you need something to ignite you. And and hopefully, if you're really good at special team stuff, it can be the catalyst sometimes to create some momentum to get you going. Like down through the years, we were a, a good punt rush team. And, and in 08, we were a good punt rush team. When you got Cortez Banks coming off the edge, uh, you're a pretty good punt rush team. But we were we were good at some of those things, and we had worked on this fake punt, and Eddie's one that showed it to us and, and taught it. And basically, when we punted, we punted out of two tight ends. We had two up backs um, in between the center guard gaps. And we had what we call <laughs> You punt it, we punt it the right way, the right formation you're supposed to have. None of this crazy <laughs> yeah. spread, spread punt formation that you see today. Well, you don't block anybody. We we had uh, we punted like that. We had a person protector that was sitting back at about six yards. Anybody that showed that was left, he got. We spent a lot of time punting. We were a pretty good punting team. Anyway, um, on this on this fake punt, what happens is the center goes and snaps the ball. But he, he, he doesn't snap it between his legs. He snaps it and just holds it at his butt right there. And the, the, one of the upbacks, when he, when he makes the movement, steps across and takes the snap just like a quarterback would up under the center. Now, everybody else is lined up. Generally, some of them are rushing, and they're rushing up the field. They saw the, the center move the ball. They all take off. Usually what happens is, that up back gets the ball, and he takes off and he goes. And there's a lot of lot of the other team running the wrong direction. Sometimes they're running some kind of punt return thing. They're waiting on our guys to to lead because they're trying to block him, but they're not really paying attention to if the punter got the ball or not. And so we executed it. We had, and if you remember, Will, we also ran it no seven against Hanley in the playoffs. Yeah, we did. And I think we scored on it. So, anyway, Eddie did a great job of teaching it. We ran it. It worked. But I think we got a penalty that night. Yeah, and I believe we ended up getting called back. We did get the first down. Um, I don't think we, we didn't score 
off of it, but um, it was a spark that we definitely needed it. And um, But we did. We finally got the ball going on offense in the fourth quarter uh, and were able to retake the lead down there late. Uh, we scored late in the fourth quarter to make it 22-19. to And uh, you and I had talked before we, we hopped on this, but I had forgotten the sequence that happened before all the craziness that happened um, at the end of this game. But uh, they, we score, it's 22 to 19. They start driving back down the field and they're inside their 10 yard line, probably on the five. And we end up having this incredible goal line stand down there, which resulted in a turnover. But the quarterback, quarterback's running the ball and he's, got a clear path to the end zone, which what looks like, and Malcolm McMillan reached, reached his hand out there and got a hold of the ball, and it flew up in the air, and I believe Therese was able to grab it out of midair and ended up getting tackled on the two- or three-yard line. And so, you know, they go from what was fixing to be a, probably a, almost maybe a game-winning touchdown to, oh, now they – now we have the ball in the two or three yard line. So we didn't do anything with the ball, but we were able to run some clock and uh, got the call, uh, which again, I think is one of the greatest plays in football, the uh, 20 take of safety. Uh, and uh, you want to tell everybody, for the people, the viewers, the listeners that don't know what that is, you want to explain to everybody what 20 take of safety is. And I believe, I went back and watched them, I do not believe they called a flag on us at all. For this. So go ahead and tell everybody what okay. you think a safety is. All right, so um, sometimes at the end of the game, you get down there and you're backed up. Okay, well, by backed up, I mean we're backed our own, against our own goal line, usually inside the 10-yard line. The other team, when we punt it out of the end zone, they're going to get pretty good field position because if we're punting from the five and my punter's standing in the back of the end zone. You know, if he kicks it, you know, 35 yards from the line of scrimmage, they're going to catch it on the 40. They might return it a little bit. They're on our 35-yard line. If you are ahead uh, in the game by more than two points, then what you can do is take a safety. If you take a safety, then you get to come out and um, kick the ball any way you want to. You can punt it. You can place kick it. But you come out on the 20-yard line and kick it, and you line up like a kickoff. And you just kick the thing down. And usually what happens when you do that is that um, you're going to back them up. And usually you punt that ball because you can you can get downfield and cover and run further down the field while the ball's in the air. And so obviously instead of getting the ball on like our 30 or 35-yard line, they're going to get the ball on the other end of the field. So if there's very few seconds left, less than a minute left, that's that's a pretty good strategy. Now, the other thing that's unique about it is that you want to run as much time off the clock as you can. So when they snap the ball back to our punter, and if my punter was not a really good athlete, and once in a while you'd have a lineman or somebody that's punting for you, we'd put somebody that really had a little dazzle back there, you know, somebody that could put a move on somebody. And they'd snap the ball back there to him, and basically he takes it and he starts running around in the end zone. Now, we teach all the other players to point out one of the guy, rusher guys up there on the other team. And when we snap the ball back there, to tackle them, to literally tackle them 
to the ground, lay on them, and if they manage to get up, chase them down from behind if you have to, and tackle them again. Meanwhile, your your punter guy is running around back there, uh, running time off the clock. Now, the official should call you for holding, right? So, right. But even if they call you for holding, they can't take the penalty. If they take the penalty, we'll just line up and do it again. So they have to decline the penalty. And so usually you can run off a lot of times 10, 12, 14 seconds sometimes run around in the end zone. Then you get to go out to 20 and, and, and kick the ball. So we practice that. We probably use that once about every five years, but we practiced it every Thursday. And worked like a charm <laughs> yeah. in this game. Absolute charm. I don't believe, again, I don't believe they, I was watching the officials. I don't believe a flag was thrown. I think they just decided we were just going to skip this part. Uh, but, uh, but it, yeah, and it, it allowed us to run, run some time off the clock. Uh, we kicked, like you said, we kicked the ball off to them. Um, and they go to driving again on us. And, uh, they're on our, they're, I believe they're on our 35 yard line and time's running out. It's third down. Stadium, everybody in the stadium's going crazy. Their coaches are hollering at the quarterback, and he's supposed to go to the line of scrimmage now to spike the ball to stop the clock, right? Yeah, that's you know, correct. Needed, and it was right over there in front of our bench. I mean, it's literally on the hash marks right in front of our bench. They're on that They're on that, that far hash mark, and they're right on there on our bench, and they're hollering at the quarterback to, uh, to spike the ball. Stop the clock. They had no timeout, and uh, he – he hurries up the line of scrimmage, and instead of spiking it, he takes a knee. Yeah, and I think, and I think, you know, if I wish I had, I wish I had audio on the game, but I, I would like to think it was almost like a hush over the stadium. Like, oh my God, what did he do? Like, and uh, and the clock and is take, still running. The clock's still running, and it didn't take very long for the entire stadium to just go. Absolutely crazy, and their their sidelines is they're going crazy. They're yelling at the at the quarterback, and in all the commotion, they hurry back up to the line of scrimmage. And instead of running a play, because now it's fourth down, you have to run a play. And instead of running a play, he spikes the ball. <laughs> so he spikes the ball on fourth down, turnover on downs, our ball, we win the ball game. Um, a, a crazy sequence of plays there at the end. And uh, I can tell you this, I was a sophomore starting at quarterback. We had a sophomore center in Harrison Horton starting at center for the first game. Because our starting center, I don't, uh, I don't know if Austin Collins was hurt that game or what the deal was, but Harrison was having to start. And when I tell you that was the most difficult, because we had to snap the ball one more time to take a knee for the game to be over. When I tell you that was probably the most difficult snap in my career <laughs> at C.R. Miller. <clears throat> you got, I'm a sophomore, Harrison's a sophomore. That's already tough, tough enough, but they were calling us everything under the sun. <laughs> and there were some names that they called us before we snapped the ball that to this day I have not, still have not heard anybody else call. <laughs> they, they increased your vocabulary, didn't they, Will? It was an educational <laughs> experience. They did. We, we got the snap. I need it. I gave the ball to the referee, and we got out of Atmore with a one-point victory. And um, as you can imagine, they were not very happy 
about that. Yeah, but you know, in in fairness to the quarterback, I, I, I get the mistakes. It's easy to do those things sometimes. He was a really good player, and had run and done a great job running the ball against us, and it caused us problems that night. No, he was. We uh, he was in our grade, and we we dealt with him from middle school on. I think he ended up going to play play at South Alabama, but um, he was a great athlete and caused us caused us problems, like you said. But uh, just a crazy crazy sequence down there at the end of the game. Um, we were lucky to get away with a, with a victory on that one. Well, we played some other close games. You want to? Uh, yeah, so we'll run. We'll, we can run through the list here. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yes. So we had a one point victory over over Atmore. Um, the next two games, Cottage Hill Christian and Bayside Academy. Those were the the, the first first year, I believe, Cottage Hill and Bayside were playing public school football. Yeah. And um, uh, we had both of those at home. Um, both both uh, victories uh, for us. Central Hainville was a W. Uh, then we had Clark County. Um, and you mentioned in the opener uh, the come-from-behind victory over Clark County. And, you know, when you play Clark County, for any T.R. Miller fan knows this, but when you play Clark County, especially when you play them over in Grove Hill, uh, you can throw the records out the window because you, you know it's going to be a dog fight. Well, they got after us. And they got they had a really good running back like they always do, um, and uh, and I had to go back and watch the game, but I believe I believe the score at halftime was two to nothing. Uh, us. Yeah, I believe that's correct. They well, and they had a defensive tackle that was tremendous. I'm not, I'm not talking about he's he's six three two ninety, college guy. I'm talking about. He's probably about five foot eleven, and weighed about two hundred and thirty pounds, and he could move, and he was aggressive, and he wasn't the only one. I don't know if you remember that. A number forty two is about six foot three or four. Yep. That played outside linebacker, and we we had, they were so much more athletic than us. We had some difficulty. We knew we were going to have some, but they played great that night, especially on defense. One thing I'll say about the 08 team, I thought our coaches did a really good job that year of helping to figure out some things that we could do to, to – because we played – we were in some close games at halftime. But I thought that night on offense, we did a nice job of trying to figure out some things that we could do against them to attack them. And uh, we, we kind of changed our game plan at halftime and – went to uh, start throwing the ball more. They were playing man coverage. And I remember looking out there, and Therese Lane's lined up in like a twin formation in the slot, the inside receiver. And they got a guy standing about 12 yards from him who who was pretty big. He was pretty good size. And I'm thinking, he can't cover Therese on an out route. So we, we started running some out routes. And so we were doing things like that, running some option over there and just, just we changed up what we were doing a little bit, and um, it really helped us in the second half to be able to handle them a little bit. And I thought our guys did a nice job in the offensive line of just hanging on, if you know what I mean, just hanging in there and giving us a chance. Oh, absolutely! I and I to this day I can remember, uh, you know, during a timeout and uh, we're over there huddled up and. I believe Malcolm McMillan takes his helmet off. He just got blood running down his nose. 
I mean, he's he's literally when you say dogfight, he's and he's probably he's probably lined up against that defense tackle every play. And he was, he was, he's, and they are they're fighting uh, every play, and and Malcolm's holding his own. Uh, and uh, that's that's the kind of you know when I was talking about the senior that senior class and you know the leaders that they were, you know that's the that's the kind of play um, that they they gave. Yeah, you're right. They were playing this man coverage. Uh, I think Therese probably. I mean, we, we threw out route after out route after out route to Therese, and um, and we're really hurting them with that, and as well as the option um, down yeah. there in the second half. Um, I think we scored going into the fourth quarter. It was still. I think we scored a touchdown, and it was still not. We were up nine to six in the fourth quarter uh, off of the, uh, the out and up that I believe we drew. We drew up at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, we we draw one up at halftime every once in a while. Yeah, a great out and up play, Therese. To, you know, after throwing two or three out routes, uh, uh, you called out and up, and uh, they bit, and I was able to get the ball off just in time to Therese for a big play. Um, they gave us the lead down there in the fourth quarter. Um, they responded with a touchdown, two point conversion, and uh, here we go again, needing the late fourth quarter touchdown drive. Uh, Therese calls some big passes on that drive. And I believe we were able to put another touchdown and two-point conversion to uh, seal the game, seventeen fourteen. Another nice come from behind win. Well, when you when you won that game, you realized we beat a really good team tonight that was playing at a high level on their home field, who really wanted to beat us. I mean, they really wanted to beat us, and and we kind of stood in there, took their best shot, and figured out a way to win. That's one thing about this this group in '08. And uh, you talked about the senior son, but we we just we seem to find a way to hang in there and a way to win the games. And uh, you don't uh, you don't win thirteen games in a row uh, without having some close calls and without making some big plays when you need it. And in in any um, any football season, you know, if you're like you said, if you're going to go undefeated, you there's going to be close calls. I think you have to have a little bit of luck. You know, here and there to to help you on the way, and uh, you've got to be able to be tough uh, to withstand uh, any circumstances thrown in your way. Uh, and we had some close some close games there uh, in the 2008 season that we were able to sneak away with. Uh, I want to talk about. I think we're we can the Laverne game, which was uh, two weeks after the Clark County game. Uh, Ah, that, was that the first time we had ever played Laverne? May have been. I think so. You know, when you if you were to say look up what high school football was in the dictionary, and they had a picture of what high school football was, they probably would have a picture of what that night was in Laverne. I mean, when you say small stadium, I mean if if the front row, if somebody on the front row were to spit, they, they could easily spit on the field. They were that close to the field. I mean, it, it was, they were, it was jam packed in there and the crowd was, our, you know, our TR Miller faithful traveled like they always do. And, you know, we had a crowd there. They, they showed up. Um, I'm not sure what their record was. I'm sure it was, was, was really good, but it was a, another hard fall back and forth defensive game that somehow we pulled out down there at the end. And, Will, i just tell you this. <clears throat> and and I've, I've known some of those people at Laverne down through your coach, uh, Glenn Daniel, who's the old 
coach first coach to win 300 games i knew coach daniel uh butch norman i i, I coached for butch in the all-star game butch and i were good friends he had coached there for a while i just want to tell you that that was the first time we played because it was the first time we had been in the same region together and Back in the 90s sometime, they were really good. And I tried to get Coach Daniel to play. And um, and I thought I almost had him talked into it one time, but he, he he never would bite, he never would do it. So I think that may have been the first time we had ever played Laverne. But I, I will tell you this. We scheduled those games in December, you know, the region games. They had been waiting for 10 months for the night T.R. Miller was coming to Laverne. They've been waiting for 10 months. Everybody in town, and trust me, everybody in Laverne was at the game that night. Yeah, in the atmosphere, I mean, like I said, that's, that's crazy. high, school, high mm-hmm. school football at its finest. You know, I, I was able to, you know, watching uh, my brother and, and his, his, his teams that he played on, you know, you know the Pike County games were – you know, when you, again, I say high school football at its finest, you know, those Pike County games, you know, I so badly wanted to play, wanted to be able to experience what it was like to play a Pike County team, both undefeated, you know, in October, we're playing it over in Brundage, and uh, never got to experience that, but Laverne was able to give me a little taste of that, and, and it was, it was a, a dogfight, like you said, they, they'd waited 10 months to, for T.R. Miller to come to town, and, uh, you know, what a dogfight it was. I wasn't able to go back and watch the uh, the game on that one, but to help me out of here, I know we scored late in the game. Um, Matt Lane had an incredible run. Yeah, he did. Uh, in, I remember that. In the fourth, in the fourth quarter, I, I mean, we're down thirteen to seven, and we're we're doing everything we can to to get something moving on offense. I think you know I talked earlier. I think you know we missed on a couple of big passes. Um, that um, that that we're, probably would have you know helped us out there. Yeah, they um, were. Best, best, yeah, the best I remember, they were playing us man coverage, and um, they weren't. And the way they were like, they they weren't protected inside a lot, and so we took some shots down there, probably during the course of the game, three shots on post routes, and we just missed them. I'm talking about it. One of the things about about you know, your sophomore year a little bit, you get pumped up sometimes and you could throw that thing further on Friday night than you could on Thursday afternoon. And uh, sometimes you get kind of pumped up. You'd be a little high and a little deep sometimes. But um, uh, we just missed some of that. But I thought that night, you know, sometimes you get over there and you get in, like you said, this atmosphere. And we had a, had a bunch of people from Bruton there and all, but that group from Laverne, uh, was 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 getting after us that night, and I thought we did a good job at halftime, staying calm, figuring out some things we can do to score some points, figuring out how we need to adjust on defense, and again, I think we did a good job at halftime that helped us win the game at the end of the game. We kind of had some ideas of some things that we could do to to get the ball in the end zone and that kind of thing. But I will tell you that when we won that game that night. Um, you know, I felt really good about what we had done. And and we were really close that night to extending that lead and beating them by a little bit more. We just didn't quite get some things executed. But coming out of the Laverne game, I, I kind of just felt like 
we got a pretty good football team. It's got a chance to uh, run the table through the rest of the regular season. Right. You know, um, seven and zero, and you had mentioned this in the opener, but uh, we're undefeated, no, ranked number one in the state, uh, and Strawn's coming to town. Probably one of their better teams that they've 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 had, and they're undefeated, ranked number three. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'd like to go back and look how many times. T.R. Miller and Strawn have played. I know we probably – I think we played Strawn for the first time in the early 2000s. Yeah, I think 02 was the first year we played them. I don't know how many times we played them since 2002. But I, I would I would, would say that most of those games are pretty close, pretty tight games. I mean, we don't have many games against Strawn where it's either, either side is, is you know, going to win by, you know, multiple touchdowns. It's usually a one-possession game. Yeah, and they um... – they they get after us. You know, they'll play their best game of the year against us most years. And uh, one one thing we learned about playing them is that you better be ready to play when the game starts and you better, you better start throwing some haymakers and try to knock them out of the game early if you can. And that's one of the things we did that night. Uh, we had uh, great success and uh, they had great difficulties with Matt Lane that night. Matt Lane about first drive. It was it was the first drive. It was the first first drive. first drive. We come out there well and I, I, I don't know if we were running a sweep or what we ran, I don't remember. He he turns the corner there on the left side and one of their guys breaks down to tackle him and he ran slap over him. And it was over there towards our hash mark, our sideline, and our, our one thing I'll tell you, say about Miller. Uh, we're an emotional group. Now, sometimes that's not always good, but we're an emotional group. And when he ran over that guy, our sideline went nuts. And it had an effect on Strawn, I think. It, it took him a while to, to overcome that or kind of get over that. Yeah, it did. And what are the odds that poor defender for Strawn is still feeling the effects of that, <laughs> that hit today? I mean, it was uh, – Go, you know, you, like I said, you posted those games on YouTube. Go, go back and watch that first drive of that strong game. I mean, it was a brutal truck stick. Um, and what Lane delivered? I tell you, I'll uh, I'll pull that clip, and um, when I uh, do the uh, Facebook thing on the 2018, I'll uh, I'll get that clip on there. And, and this game had everything, you know, you know. This game had everything in the makings to be a classic game. Number one versus number three. Um, and I don't, you know, I just thought of this uh, before today, but, you know, not only were, was I the quarterback, you're the head coach, but, you know, Coach Taylor over there, Strawn, you know, his son was a senior and was starting a quarterback too. So kind Yeah, of Ryan that, Taylor, yeah. You know, how many times does that happen where you got two head coaches and, you know, both of their sons are the start quarterback facing each other? Um, so you had that. And then I, I want to say this was this game, I believe, and I believe Michael put this together in the Bruton Standard, but I believe you called this our, the red out game. This might have been our first red out. May have been. And, yeah. and you, asked, you asked everybody to wear red to the game. And I believe Strong, Strong, Got a hold of the of that, and their their fans uh, decided they were going to wear white, and so it was kind of a red out versus a white out. 
And so you had all this, all this stuff. I mean, for the first time that year, you know, there multiple news stations were there. I mean, it was a prime time game uh, there in Bruton for that Friday night. And a tremendous, uh, and, and, and a tremendous crowd. I mean, th- they they brought everybody from Covington County that didn't live in Andalusia. I mean, I can remember coming out. I mean, and you know, when we walk out of the field house, it's the the first thing you kind of see on the field is the, the visiting bleachers. And when I tell you it was a sea of white, there wasn't one empty seat on that mm-hmm. side of the field. And uh, and then also the same for us when we got out, we got out there. There's just a sea of red on our crowd. I mean, it was a tremendous, tremendous atmosphere. Um, that had all, like I said, all the makings to be a, a, a really classic game. Uh, we talked about Matt setting the tone early in the game. I don't know how many yards we ran for that night. 300 plus, easy. Uh, but it felt like if we wanted to run for 500, we could have ran for 500. I don't know how many passes I threw that night. It wasn't any because we didn't need to throw the ball. Uh, they could not stop our running game at all. Yeah, we had some what I would call gaping holes early. One of the things we knew, because of the way they ran their defense, uh, we felt like we'd be able to run the off-tackle power play. And um, Cody Swain uh, just destroyed them <laughs> at tight end. I mean, he's blocking down and he is blowing folks up. Our offensive line uh, really played really well that night and we executed things and – um, uh, and we did it early. I mean, we hit them early. And I just think we had a good game plan, and, and all the players executed it. And we dominated the first portion of that game. They made a run down there at the end a little bit to tighten the score a little bit, but um, we were in control of, of, of most of the game. Yeah, it, the score ended up being 49-35, to 35, but – Make no mistake that that was a butt whipping from start to finish. Uh, you know we can we controlled the game um, from the very very first possession, and uh, I, I think you know if, if any you know you kind of look at the game you know you you look over the season you're like what game sticks out the most is like we've arrived. I think that game more than any up to that point. Because of what all was at stake, you know, strong and the atmosphere and them being number three, undefeated, and then we just go in there and just whip them. I think that was the game from a from a statewide perspective that said, hey, uh, we've arrived, we're here, well, we're, we're fixing to make a run at this thing. Yeah, but, Will, you know, um, one of the things about playing at T.R. Miller is you should – get the opportunity to play in some big games. You know, there are kids who play high school football never really play in a big game. You know, their, their teams are kind of average. Um, they just never get that opportunity to play in a big game. But if you play at Miller, uh, you're going to play in some big regular season games. You're going to get to play in the Battle of Murder Creek, and you're going to get to play in some big playoff games. So, you know, we were kind of used to that, that, that concept a little bit. And um, and playing in the big games, and our kids used to do a good job of uh, of really getting after folks in those games and giving us a, ourselves a chance to win. Oh, absolutely! And uh, I'll, I'll never forget to this day. Uh, and this kind of um, goes back to the point you just made. I was talking to Juan Johnson uh, one time, and you know he made reference to that. You know, he played from you know in the, uh, what his last year was two thousand. 
2001, yeah. 2001, yeah. 2001, uh, and he, he and I were just talking one time, and but you know, he said there was not one time that they took the field that they didn't think they were going to win the game. Yeah. And I think that just kind of, you know, at T.R. Miller, you know, every Friday night, we don't care if we're playing, you know, Strawn or the Green Bay Packers. You know, we feel like we got a chance to win the game. Yeah, and it's and, it, and it's not that we think we're better than them because there's times that we play somebody and we realize that they, they have more players than we do. You know, they might even be better than us, but we think we have a chance to win. And and that's why we go out and go after it that hard if we really believe that. It's a quiet, it's a quiet confidence that, that we have as a program. We just believe the, the hard work that, that we put in, you know, is going to give us a chance um, in any game that we play. And also, you know, in the game, doesn't matter what the score is or what the situation is, we also never believe we're out of a game. Like, um, that just goes back to that, that quiet confidence that, that we have as a program, so. Well, we'll um, the uh, we get to the end of the season down there, and we have WS Neal. We had lost to him two years in a row. Uh, it had been on our mind uh, that uh, I reminded people of that, um, which I usually didn't do, but I, I reminded people of that throughout the uh, the year, and. Um, it wasn't a matter of where are we going to be ready to play. Um, my only concern about the game was were we going to be too ready to play. Right. And, yeah, and, and we were going to be a little nervous. Um, not Again, not that we were going to lose the game, but that we just couldn't hardly wait for the game, for the game to start. Um, and uh, we had tremendous practice and um, – we were we, we Neil didn't have a great team that year, but uh, that that, that was that wasn't our fault. Yeah, right. Our job was to was to win the game. So talk a little bit about the the Neil game. And the best I remember, we wore the black jerseys that night. We did, um, and a couple of things you you sent me this um, today, but you know you said you did a couple of things prior to the season that you had never done before. One was talk about the Neil game, um, and. You know, you sent me the, the shirt that you you had made and that you had given everybody. And, you know, we had a list of things that we needed to do to check off um, to, to make sure that the comeback season that we had coined the 2008 year, you know, it wasn't going to be going to be completed until we did this. And so I'm gonna, I was going to read the, uh, the quote from Vince Lombardi. You, you got this on the back of the comeback shirt that you gave to everybody prior to the season that says Vince Lombardi on comeback the true test of a character and a man is being knocked to your knees and then coming back we could accomplish many more things if we did not think of them as impossible if it doesn't matter who wins or loses why do we keep score the good lord gave you a body that can withstand almost anything it is your mind you have to convince and then at the bottom of that in quotation, it says, there can be no comeback without a victory over Neil. So this was kind of, I, I don't want to say it was the the end of the comeback season by beating Neil, but it was almost like the exclamation point that we needed uh, to to 
to make sure that we did what we needed to do, you know, with our goals at the beginning of the season. We needed a big deal. That, that was, you know, you've said it many times before, uh, the, this is the most important game of the year every year. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Um, and so, uh, but losing to them two years in a row, how many times has that happened? You know, uh, not been, many. It had been a while. Yeah, it's been a very long time. And, uh, you know, I believe there were some uh, markings from the year before, the score from the year before that were still showing not only on the back of the field house that were spray painted, but also on the track uh, that had the score uh, that you decided to, to leave up there for the entire year. And uh, so, you know, I, I think coming into this game, we had – you know, we were undefeated. I don't know how many games they had won or lost. It didn't really matter. Uh, we had all the motivation we needed from the years prior, you know, losing to them to, to make sure that we handled this the right way and we were going to walk away with the W. But uh, I can remember, and I'm getting goosebumps now, thinking about this, but the, the crowd that night was just out of this world. And... I can remember open or the, the field house doors opening up. And usually, you know, back in the day, you know, it's, it's, it's different now, but, you know, you had the gate entrance, the big gate entrance down there to the stadium. And usually the fans would kind of gather up, you know, do a little spirit line. Once we entered the gate, enter the stadium, they cheer you on as you enter the field. Well, that night, as soon as we opened the field house doors, boom. There was the crowd. I mean, three or four people deep on either side, and I mean, a hundred yards long to the field. And um, you know, if that didn't get your your blood flowing, your you know your you were it was it was an incredible atmosphere. Uh, and just kind of set the stage for for the game to come. Um, again. You said it, they weren't that good this that year. That wasn't our fault. Our job was to go in there, whip them, win the game, and we did. Uh, I think, um, and we wore the black jerseys. You're right. Yeah, we did. We did wear the black jerseys. That was the first time you had brought those out. And I think three, three, two or three years. Um, and uh, there's one thing, you know, everybody knows when, when we wear those black jerseys, we don't lose. couple things. Uh, one, um, Again, I think our coaches did a good job. We had a good plan. But uh, when the game kicked off, we were ready. We'd been waiting on this for a while, and we jumped on them early. And uh, all the T.R. Miller people came that night, and and I don't mean this disrespectfully. They didn't really come to uh, see us beat Neil. They came to see if we were going to beat them bad. When the game ended, and we won 55 to nothing. So the 1969 team had beat Neil 51 to nothing. That's kind of the record, you know. And I was walking out the gate, and I saw Jim Hilda. Jim Hilda played on the 1969 team. And I was walking out the gate, and he looked at me, and he said, you did that on purpose. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I just I just laughed and, and went on. But um, you want to um, tell the uh, story about your mother? Oh, yeah. This was, uh, I believe, both of us found this out at the end of the game. And uh, it's kind of amazing that she thought that she would actually answer the phone in the middle of the game. But uh, I, 
you know, it was kind of a sequence where we really weren't trying to run up the score by any means, but we kept kicking the ball off. And Nick Dorso was was kind of kicking these high lofting kickoffs, and they were having a tough time catching them. And they wouldn't call for a fair catch, or if they did, they they would drop it, and we we were running down there, we scoop it. I mean, that happened two or three times in a row where we score, we kick it off to them, they drop the kickoff, we recover it, we go down, we score again, we kick off, they drop the kickoff, we cover. I mean, it's and it just kind of unraveled on them there. Well, I believe it was in the, in the midst of all of that, and we're we're laying the points on pretty thick. And I believe she tried to call you first. <laughs> and then she decided she was going to send you some text messages to let you know, hey, okay, that's enough scoring. Like, don't rub it in their face, that whole kind of thing. And then <laughs> I believe she 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 told us she caught a glimpse, and this was again kudos to you, but she caught a glimpse of the score from the 2007 season that you had left spray painted on the uh, track that that was there. Uh, somebody I'm. I'm Somebody from, from Neil had spray painted on the track. Um, and she caught a glimpse of that. And then the next text message was, never mind, keep going. <laughs> yeah, that was something like that, you know. It's, uh, you don't expect to get a telephone call from your wife. You know, my phone's ringing and I'm wondering, who's calling me during the ball game? You know, everybody knows what I'm doing right now. But it was, it was certainly a, a, a great victory. There was no doubt about that. All right, Will. So we uh, we uh, made the playoffs. We undefeated football season, ten and zero. Uh, one of only uh, ten T.R. Miller teams to be able to do that. I think we played Dale County in the first round in Bruton, and um, uh, we jumped on them pretty good, the best I can remember. And uh, then who who we play in the second round? Slocum. Slocum. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Our our. Uh... Our, our offensive passing attack really started opening up in the Neil game, and uh, we were able to really hit on some big passing passing plays in the Neil game, Dale County game, Slocum game. They kind of really opened our offense up. Uh, me and Chicken were hitting on some, some post routes deep. You know, he, he's faster than anybody else on the field, and we were finally able to connect. It really opened our offense up. You know, Slocum came in with a, uh, a really uh, – really good rushing attack and we were our defense was able to hold down uh so you know we beat Dale county 42 to 6 in the first round slocum comes into town uh we beat them 34 to 7 and then we got to go to delville which tr miller and delville have quite a history together yes we have history yes we do from the uh, from the 90s and so forth we have history but um they had a really good team uh mike dean was the coach over there that year mike later on coached a number of plays but uh he coached um <clears throat> excuse me at charles henderson the year one of the years they went to state championship had been a really quality coach and he did i think he was just over there one year but he did a really good job and um it was one of those games that well they had a lot of good players it was again one of those nip and tuck games we got down there to the fourth quarter we we were having a hard time best i can remember will they had a great tight end and we had some difficulty with him yeah, uh, we faced quite a bit of adversity in that game. You know, one, the coldest game I've ever played in. I mean, it was 20 below. It was freezing, <laughs> freezing that, that night in Delville. We jumped on them quick, like you said. Um, uh, Matt Lane got hurt, I believe, on the first possession or first possession uh, on offense. Um, had a knee injury, ended up being out for the rest of the year. 
but the adversity of losing, you know, not only your starting running back, but uh, somebody that plays quite a bit of snaps on defense as well, you know, uh, and then Anthony Herbert, who was in my class, stepped in uh, and uh, joined Cortez back there in the backfield. Uh, so it had quite a bit of adversity of that game. Um, you and I talked a bit prior to getting on this, but I think Anthony had what I would consider one of the top five uh, running plays or rushes in the history of TR Miller football, which he broke off a 95-yard touchdown run and felt like he broke 10 tackles and got escorted down the sideline uh, by Mabry Cook. I believe it ended up getting called back, but uh, it was it was a real interesting game. You know, we jumped on the quick, and then here they come. They've got this big tight end, and we cannot stop. Um, they're throwing the ball to him everywhere, and we we cannot cannot stop them. Uh, they score late in the game, um, and uh, and they're going to kick the extra point to tie it and a bad snap, and we block it. We win by one, uh, and it puts us in the semifinals. Yeah, and one of the things I do remember about that is that um, uh, we had the ball down there, and we're trying – we need to make a first down. And we've got third and relatively long, I'm, I'm probably seven or eight yards, something like that. And we ran a counter boot play. And uh, when we lined up, they walked up two guys on the outside to the side we're throwing it to. And so we had talked to you, that means hot, that means – that probably they're not going to cover the fullback out of the backfield. And they didn't. I think that was Cortez. You're, you're screaming at me from the sidelines. I can, I can hear you today <laughs> screaming, they're coming, they're coming. <laughs> and uh, you made the fake, dumped the little ball out there to the fullback, and uh, that ended the games. It was, a, it was a great play. So that put us in the semifinals against Cordova. And uh, Cordova, to the best I can remember, had been the state championship game the year before in 3A. And I believe un- they went undefeated and won the state championship yeah. game in 2007. Okay. All right. I knew that. And they had uh, two guys who um, were college athletes. Um, quarterback was Ryan Smith. Smith. That ended played. Up playing defense, ended up playing defense at Auburn. And I actually believe he was the guy that Gus put back initially to return the kick six against Alabama in 2013. Yes. And they ended up calling timeout because he was, he was, he normally played, you know, safety on defense and, and he was just the guy back there and they called timeout and put Chris Davis back there. But yeah, Ron Smith was uh, initially supposed to be the guy to return the kick six. And then Tim Simon, who was an all state running back ended up going to Ole Miss and he ended up getting hurt early in his career at Ole Miss, and I don't think he ever saw the field. But uh, And he was huge. This, he was huge. He was huge. Uh, and can fly. One SEC, yeah. And when you got one SEC caliber player at the 3A, 4A level, that's enough. But when you got two, that's really, really tough to stop. So, uh, you know, we had our hands full that night with the defending champs coming to town. And they, and they had a number of other good players. What I remember, first of all, about the game itself, it rained, and had rain, yeah, and um, it rained some during the game, you know, uh, particularly in the first half, and uh, the field was really wet, and it it played a a factor in that that you know we dropped the ball a couple of times, and they did too, and 
you know, um, we had a, a really hard time dealing with uh, Ryan Smith and, and Simon. They ran some option stuff, and uh, we had, you know, our defensive back. So you, you're talking about, you know, Simon was – I'm telling Simon was big. He was over 200 pounds. And, yeah. uh, and And so, you know, we – we played our tails off, but the the issue was they got off to a good start on us. Then they'd get a little bit tired, and we would come back on them. And that happened in the first half, and in the second half, the same thing happened. And and I checked today when I uh, was checking score. You had said this. We were three touchdowns down. I think it was like thirty four to fourteen going into the fourth quarter. And, um, yeah. but we knew they were tired and the best I can remember. And when we started to play the full quarter and, you know, you come to the sideline and everything, I remember getting the guys over and saying, Hey guys, I know we're three touchdowns behind, but I'm telling you they're tired and we fixing to come back on them. And uh, we just felt like we had an opportunity to do that. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and like you said, we made we made some mistakes in the first half, putting the ball on the ground. They took advantage of it, jumped on us quick, and uh, you know we're down thirty four to fourteen, starting in the fourth quarter. Um, we drive down there early in the fourth. We score, I believe it was a, off a speed sweep to Therese down there. He scored yeah. the touchdown. We kicked the extra point. It's thirty four twenty one. Still early in the fourth quarter. You know, we kick off to them three and out. We get the ball back, kind of get good field position there. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Therese, they kick it to Therese, and it's like almost like the Red Sea had just parted for him. And he <laughs> he starts to run up there, and he slips. And if he wouldn't have slipped, he might have scored a touchdown because, I mean, it was just nothing but open space. But we drive down there. I believe we run a tall sweep to Anthony Herbert. He scores a touchdown. It's 34-28, and – you can just feel it in the stadium and, and the crowd. It's almost like we're fixing to pull this thing off here. Like, you know, we went from having almost, I wouldn't say no hope, but, I mean, you're down 20 the start of the fourth quarter. Things aren't looking great. And then, you know, a couple minutes later, you look up, it's 34-28, and it's like we've got a chance to really pull this thing off. Um, yeah, we kick off to them again. I believe they get one first down, and then they run – if you remember, they run this like reverse play to to their wing back, and we didn't bite on it at all. And we, it, we and blew all, him up. Yeah, and all eleven jerseys, and he's kind of running. He's running away from everybody. He's kind of running backwards, and all eleven red jerseys are running to the ball. And when he ta- we gets tackled over there near our sideline, I mean, and there is just a crowd of people going nuts. I mean, it's like. And again, you're feeling in the stadium. It's like we're, we're this this Chris is crazy. We're fixing to pull this thing off. Um, so we stop them there. They punt it again. Therese, like he's done so many times before, he catches. They they punt it as end over end. He catches it in mid stride and takes it and gets us in great field position there. A um, couple plays later, uh, we score, kick the extra point. It's 35, 34, we're up. And it's like, I mean, the, the, this, the, the atmosphere in the stadium at that time, I mean, it's just absolutely electric. You know, um, and, and then Simon got loose on a kickoff return. Yeah, and, we, we made the mistake of kicking it to Simon. And, 
we didn't want to do that. No, you we know, weren't they, trying to do it. It just happened, and um, he got loose down there. And then we 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 screwed up in the secondary and um, made a mistake and left the receiver wide open. I think he can't. I think I think the quarterback. Uh, fake the option or something. Our guys came up and froze, and they ran by us over there, and the guy's wide open in the end zone. They threw the touchdown. And we get the ball left back, and there's not much time left. Yeah, there's a minute 20 at best. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we had any timeouts or not. I don't don't know if we – I don't think we did. But, you know, we get the shotgun, and we start throwing the ball around, and and three – I mean, it didn't take – we're three or four plays in, and – we're down there. Um, well, they were, there, you know. they were gassed. Oh, yeah. They're, they're gassed. And so we get in the gun, and, and they can't even rush us much anymore. I mean, we were locked on them pretty good. And they're dropping the cover and all that kind of stuff. We got down there about uh, right before midfield. Um, we called. We threw, we, we threw a screen pass. We threw a break. To well, we, yeah, a jailbreak screen to Therese. And he caught that thing and cut up through there and, and uh, you know, for about 25 or 30 yards, and we stopped. And I remember standing on the sideline over there, and, of course, Eddie's calling the plays over there, and I stood on the sideline over there, and I looked at Eddie, and I'm just, I just laughed. He, he said, what? I said, run the shovel draw. Run the shovel draw. There ain't no way they're covering the shovel draw. And on the shovel draw, you would drop back like you were going to throw, look, look, look. And then you took the ball and just shoveled it forward. And Cortez Banks, who was a great player, Cortez would turn around like he was going to block it. And all of a sudden, just, would just turn around facing you, shoveling the ball, and he took off. And and it was wide open. He caught it and turned around, made a cut, and ran for the pylon. Yeah, and uh, he dove for the pylon. I mean, the, the footage speaks for itself, I believe. And, you know, every, everybody listening can go to YouTube right now and, and look at that. That play, uh, if there was instant replay in high school football in 2008, uh, we'd probably be playing for a state championship. Uh, yeah, he, he hit the pylon with the ball. And in every, in every uh, league I know of, they call that a touchdown. He wasn't out I mean, of he, bounds. He's a, yeah, he's a foot or two inbounds. I mean, he's not oh, yeah. – he wasn't close. Yeah, it was it, it was that. And I think the guy just, in all fairness, he didn't, he didn't see it real good. And he just saw him diving there, and, and he put the ball on the half-yard line. And, you know, at the end of the day, though, I, I never could really fuss about that much because we turned around and we did fumble the ball in the next play. And they got the ball and won the game because it was right at the end of the game. And um, you, you can't do that. You can't fumble on the goal line in the semifinal game. And regardless of whether that should have been a touchdown or not, you still got to score. And right. so it wasn't much that, you know, you could say about all that. Um, we've had some heartbreaking losses uh, in playoffs uh, during the time that I was, uh, you know, at Miller. Uh, 1990, we lost in the state championship game in overtime. Uh, you know, that was that was tough. In 95, we lost in the state championship game to Alexandria in that bad weather. You go down to, um, like, uh, gee, like an 03, you know, we lost in the semifinals to Pike County. You know, what a. What a great football team, you know, that they had. Back in 97, we lost in the semifinals to Greensboro. We were behind 30-6 to and came back and made a great comeback and almost won the game. But of all the 
the losses, the 2008 loss to Cordova, uh, not getting the ball in the end zone down there, probably the toughest loss uh, I can remember. It certainly rivals the, the 1990 loss in the uh, state championship game, but um, it was it was a classic football game and a great, great game. And, um, you know, it would have been nice to have played for the state championship, but we just didn't quite get that done. But at the end of the day, it doesn't take away a lot of what the 2018 did. Um, you guys were a really great football team. Yeah, and had a tremendous year, um, and uh, just a pile on away from from playing for a state championship. Yeah. So, and, and, and I do want to say this: uh, I don't know how much time we got left, but um, you know uh, that last play, the fumble that happened uh, as a sophomore quarterback. You know, you kind of you kind of feel like you got to call, you got to kind of run the play that's called in from the sideline. And still to this day, one of the biggest regrets I have because I can remember the play coming in from the sideline and I got Mabry Cook and Malcolm and everybody else up there saying quarterback sneak, quarterback sneak, let's win this thing. And instead of doing that and listening to those guys, we ran that play and it's a big what if. But, uh, you know, um, as a senior, you know, if, I, if that role was reversed and as a senior, I believe, you know, there's no question you run a quarterback sneak and, and let's try to win this game right now. But, um, but yeah, I'll on away from playing for it all and, and the big what if, um, it was. Yeah. And I, and I can tell you part of the reason that uh, the quarterback sneak wasn't called was we had run one when we had gotten down there before and we didn't execute it very well and you didn't get much on it. We, we've got a light center and a light quarterback. It's, it's wet. You know, I could have called that quarterback sneak, and 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 in retrospect, maybe I should have. But um, we called the play and went with it, and that's just the way it is. You still got to execute it, but but uh, but the '08 team, uh, one of the top twenty-five football teams of all time at T.R. Miller, number eleven. Will, I want to thank you for doing this, and uh, did a great job of talking about the '08 team. And uh, we are now um, ready to uh, get to the top 10 T.R. Miller teams of all time. So, again, Will, thanks for doing that. This has been a minute with Coach Riggs. Thanks for tuning in.